0: It's never
1: it's never, it's never what's up duke fans welcome to the devil's den podcast i'm your host josh smith joined by Raul today she was out of town couldn't join us so just the two of us this time. Um, Duke just beat Louisville 79-62. Picked up the 20th win of the season. 11th in conference play. Before we jump into the game, uh, I guess it's worth noticing. We mentioned on our last pod, this is No one's first game back. So we just had Kay's first game back. Now we got Nolan's first game back. Bro, what was that like for you? Kind of seeing no one interacting seemed like everything was real friendly, real cordial. So if there was any discourse, it wasn't evident on the surface.
0: So what was it like for you seeing him back, the people's champ? I mean, it was super surreal because I'm sure you're like me, and he's one of your favorite Duke players ever. I know for a lot of people, yeah, you know, because he kind of brought Duke back into like national coolness or whatever you want to say. Um, yep. You know, it had a huge part in Duke blue planted in the early days and. You know just kind of helped us get into the one-and-done era that we're in right now so kind of seeing him on an opposite sideline was just a strange sensation but i will say that you know based on what i was able to see on the sideline and then especially the photos that i saw after the game it really looked like whatever rumors you're hearing are greatly overblown because it looked like him and shire were totally cool
1: yeah yeah, for whatever, if there was anything, it definitely wasn't what we thought and it got handled and squashed or whatever, you know, all that stuff seemed to be above board. Um, yeah, you know, it's obviously really cool seeing no one back. So, you know, me and Nolan kind of went to college at the same time. I didn't go to Duke, but like we were in the same high school class yeah. and everything. So it was real cool kind of following that um you know we just got off of jj in high school and then so now it's oh seven's a little rough oh eight but you keep seeing that progression and then by by the time we got to 2010 he really just kind of took off um and so you know great story there and it probably gets it's quinn right we probably don't need
0: quinn if without nolan so that's two titles right there exactly and i know i already mentioned it but duke blue planet like he was really our first player that had like really prominent social media visibility so he was the first one that you felt like you really knew yep yep for sure
1: okay so yeah you know Louisville's not doing great but it was nice to see no one back and uh you know I don't expect Louisville to just stay in the gutter forever so I'm sure that'll be just fine but so let's talk about it obviously Louisville comes into the, the game I think they're what four and 23 or something like that entering um, we had mentioned on the last pod though that they had started to play a little bit better. They had just beat Clemson, they were in the game against Virginia. Um, and they kind of showed up with that kind of verve. Let's go ahead and throw that out there. I mean, L Ellis probably was the definition of verve for the first like yep. seven minutes of the game. Um, they blitz us early. They go up 18 to nine. L is just doing whatever he wants. I mean, some of the, I mean, he's hitting some tough shots, just deep threes, hand in his face. Um, we had nothing for him the first five minutes. I think he scores 11 points in five minutes and then only 10, basically the rest of the game. Uh, so, you know, he was ready to go. We weren't quite ready, but then immediately it just kind of flips. And then we go on a 13 over run, which ended up being an 18 2 run to, to end the half there, get up double figures, and it kind of just stayed that way. So let's kind of start there. Ro, what did you see kind of during the run, either kind of, were we just not ready to start the game, or were there some adjustments, lineup changes that you thought helped kind of get the energy back?
0: Yeah, I mean, he did make some really tough shots, but he was also just carving us up on ball screens, and I thought that the decision to switch to a different lineup was really key there. Um, you know, I don't know how to say this without taking a shot at Roach, but a lot of those baskets were scored on Roach. And then, uh, you know, the lineup that got us back in the game and got us a lead eventually was Proctor, Grandison, Whitehead, Mitchell and Young. So it's not a lineup we've seen a ton, but I really liked the look because it's basically four guards, um, you know, with a big man. And I thought not only did it help us defensively. Because we were able to, like, you know, maybe switch a little bit more and just easier coverage. But um, also offensively, we just had a lot more spacing out there. Because, you know, I mean, giving up 18 points that quick is pretty bad, but, you know, a big problem was the scoring too. We only had nine points.
1: Yeah. I thought you mentioned the kind of grandison coming in. He was like, just such a spark on both ends during yeah. that run. So he comes into the game, um, immediate. I think it's like 18 to. To 13 or like somewhere around right there. Yeah. yeah, and he hits like hits the corner three, gets another corner three. But also, I thought when John put him into the game, he almost had Grandison playing this like QB spy package where yeah. Proctor switched onto Ellis and Grandison's kind of just playing him. And he's, you know, looking kind of at his other guy, but he's really just focusing in on just blitzing whatever Ellis looking to do. Um, I thought that was like just kind of a little outside of the box thinking you know and just kind of something that we haven't really seen we have played great individual scores before i mean you look at wake forest you look at what carolina's got um and we haven't really seen something like that now obviously Louisville's other parts maybe aren't as great i thought the trainer kid was phenomenal i mean that guy looked mm-hmm. like he could play yeah um but you know i was just impressed with that particular i don't know did you pick up on that of how they kind of had him in this like free safety
0: Yeah, and I guess that's what I was trying to say because I was starting to say switching and I kind of backed off of that. But yeah, he was just kind of roaming there. You know, I guess just overall mobility in that lineup was better. And I thought it was interesting that like Shire left that lineup in from basically like 13 minutes left in the half to like maybe six minutes. So a really long stretch there. And I thought that was great because they were playing well and deserved to be in. But I kept expecting him to put roach and filipowski back in at any minute because that's kind of his comfort zone you know that's his starting lineup yeah but so i thought he made a great move just rolling with the guys who were you know getting us the lead
1: yeah and the bench kind of if you look at the minutes you know from the bench i mean you got dorick playing 27 young at 15 grandison at 13. yeah we get 17 points from the bench um great production there. all five starters are also in double figures which Mm -hmm. is just you know, it just looked like things are, are progressing offensively. Um again, we kind of hit our magic number there, nine of twenty-two. That's we yep. we keep kind of somehow just gravitating around there. It's such a perfect number. Um, you know, our shooting splits, 49, 40, free throw shooting was a little off. Um, you know, for whatever reason there. I think the big story from this game, at least for me, five turnovers. Yep we've been having individual players have five turnovers like for us to have five as a team um, and it was evident right like the offense was flowing better we were able to just get things going um so that's a huge improvement now flip is a guy that he has three that handle is just a little too it's not a little it's too, a little loose right it's it's yep. too loose um he had one on around the back dribble and wasn't and just missed it right and so You know, that's, I guess you kind of have to live with that a little bit with him just kind of being a bigger guy. If he's going to be driving, that's just going to happen. You'd like to tighten it up a little bit though. I don't know. Did you think that was like just within the flow of the game or were you kind of like, Hey, you know, here we go again.
0: I mean, that one drive I mentioned is the one that really jumped out to me because we've kind of harped on that all year of like. These drives just going nowhere into traffic off of no ball movement are the ones that always kind of result in him falling over or you know giving up the ball. Yeah. So that was really the only one that bothered me. Um, you know, it was it was nice to see our guards have lower turnovers because that had been a problem in previous games with uh, both Roach and Proctor just you yeah. know having five turnovers I think in the Virginia game each. Yep.
1: And zero each to like, yeah. like the other night, right? And so Roach has six assists, no turnovers. Proctor has three assists. Um, you know, you mentioned Proctor, I thought he played really, really good that first half. I mean, he yeah. kind of and just throughout the game, um, you know, he goes four for eight from three. I think one was a catch and shoot, but at least two or three of them are just tough step backs, just off dribble um and that's something that's kind of been trending for him we've kind of talked about it that his shooting percentage he started out so badly that you, it takes a long time of good shooting for that to really come up to a level that you're looking at him as being a great shooter but you've mentioned it on, on the last episode just continues um to be a threat out there and you know obviously the more we can get especially playing two three big guys we're gonna need it um, i thought it
0: was impressive the way he hit uh two of them off the dribble and two off the catch so it shows a little variety there yeah yeah for sure
1: um i guess some other guys to kind of mention is you know lively has another solid game 10 points four rebounds Uh, what i really liked is that we were blitzing the ball screen really hard and just doubling mm-hmm. it and we've we've had some trouble with that kind of you know a month ago you know even as far as a few weeks ago um but we really had some nice stuff out of that i don't know if you caught on to that but like they blitz or proctor and we'd get it to like flip or mitchell or lively and the other big would just be cutting baseline yeah and just yeah. it was yeah, one big would be in the middle
0: there and then yep. the other guy yep. be baseline uh lively had like two or three dunks that way
1: We almost ran like a zone offense, you know, it was kind of weird, but yeah, so we got a lot of stuff out of that, broke their press pretty easily, that was kind of a pathetic press there, they were kind of trotting out for a little bit.
0: Well, it should be said, they're not a good defensive team, and we kind of knew that coming in, Um, you know, I thought this was Roach's game where he had the easiest job scoring at the rim, Mm -hmm. you know, and I thought that was pretty evident of their defense, you know, because that's been a little bit of a struggle for him, he's always had that mid-range shot, but... You know finishing at the rim for him can be an adventure and he had several off of like out of bounds plays in the second just half. tough
1: finishes yeah. yeah a lot of a lot of work down there um he didn't even take a three yeah. you know like all of his work was just right at the rim i thought roach was just phenomenal i thought he put a great game um especially offensively i mean you know it was funny because he goes two for four from the line it's like of course he misses both but it somehow works in our favor oh you know, yeah we he got that the, three
0: yeah yeah grandison hits the three um I thought that that one kind of effectively I know they cut it to 10 again after that but I thought that one kind of effectively ended the game because it pushed it up to 17 you know with maybe like 10 or 12 minutes left and for me that was kind of like okay this is over we're safe
1: yeah I mean I kind of felt that like after that big first half run just the way we were continuing to build momentum I felt pretty good especially to me there's like a pivot point where Mitchell goes for a dunk and it's pretty wide open and he just botches it and misses it and you're kind of like oh but then immediately after that dude just goes on a tear. I mean Roach has back to back passes to Mitchell for a dunk. One's just the straight ahead pass, the other one is my favorite play of the game. Oh yeah, Parker that was beautiful. comes up with the the ball. Maybe it was almost steal and he's off a lively block actually Lively block yeah then Proctor and he throws it ahead to Roach but as soon as he does like he already sees Mitchell so he's just yeah. pointing to Mark and Roach just gives him that beautiful touch pass so I think Mark goes on like a 8-0 run himself or something in there because yeah. he had an um, and
0: one at some point too um yeah it was at least uh, at least seven points because he had the and one
1: yeah yeah so I thought Mark you know again just it just does a little bit of everything. You know, he has 13 points, three rebounds, gets an assist, got two steals, got a block, hits all three of his free throws. um You know, he takes eight shots, makes five of them. Like, and his advanced numbers are just, you know, 160 offensive rating, 99 mm-hmm. defensive yep. rating. I mean, just absurd, just perfect glue guy stats there. um So, and it's also, and maybe this is, we kind of talked about this with Dorit coming back to a little bit more and playing, you know, almost 30 minutes, but the further we've gotten, it seems that like those three big lineups are costing us and we've just figured out ways to generate points and spacing. I don't know. Have you picked up on any of that or are we just playing bad teams here?
0: Well, I mean, you mentioned the cutting by the bigs along the baseline and I would just say lively has kind of availed himself of that more and more, or we've just found him more and more. Um, You know, when he initially kind of returned to the lineup, he just was not an offensive threat at all. So that's one thing. And then the other big thing is the improved shooting. Um, You know, I know we've been up and down, but if you look at it, like three of our last four games, we've shot really well. You know, the Notre Dame game, we didn't shoot as well, but we were okay from the field. We just went five of 20 from three. Right. But, uh, you know, Virginia, this one, Syracuse, we shoot really well in all three of those. So I think that alone makes a big difference. Like you can get away with two bigs if you're hitting 40% of your threes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: and, you know, it's, I mentioned it earlier too, just not turning the ball over 15 times a game yep. is, is going to help too. So that's obviously, you know, you're going to score more when you get more possessions. That's just kind of math. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one guy we haven't really talked about a ton is Dariq. And and Shire mentioned him in his post game And I kind of thought the same. The, the shooting wasn't there. Um, he was still getting the looks, which is all I'm really looking for. He's yeah. still getting the opportunities. He's just missing some shots that he's been making. But what I thought was different was I thought he was locked in and engaged defensively from the start. Um, I thought he actually played really good defensively this game. And then I also thought that he was actually able to generate some offense himself. It wasn't just catching shoots. He's getting in the lane getting to the rim ironically the one shot one of the shots that he makes is that like kind of Kobe-esque two dribble pull up um right in dude's face and it just he looks a little bit more comfortable out there i was just curious what did you see from him what did you like or not like about what he was doing last night
0: yeah well i mean he got a little unfortunate cuz i think he had two drives where the ball just rimmed out and one of them we did get a yep. put back off of so that was fine but you know so he finishes what 2 of 9 but he could, actually could have been 4 of 9 you know and the three pointer is not falling what he made one i think uh, just a corner three in the second mm-hmm. half maybe yeah um but i just thought the fact that he was driving at all was encouraging and then we've seen him have more kind of defensive impact and hustle and just like uh, putting his body on the line a little bit more lately like he had that really great save that led to a yep. run out for us um yep. that might have been during Mitchell's run actually
1: yeah, that was the first one, I think, where he yeah, saves yeah. it and it looks like Roach is just kind of like, oh, it's gonna be their ball. And he's like, Oh no, it's not. I'm just gonna get it. And he kicks it right up to Mark, who then that was right after that missed
0: on. Right. And so even a few games ago, he wasn't diving like that. Right. So I just it looks like he's thinking about it less. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't, you know, again, the results two of nine is not great, but it's more, you know, watching the process and watching how he looks out there, and he looks more like he's just playing basketball to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and gives us just a really good top eight rotation. Like we just yep. settled into this eight. Um, and to me, that's just the perfect college basketball rotation. And it's just roles are so easily to be defined. Um, and we're not just playing eight. We're playing, like we just said, you know, 27, 15, 13 minutes off the bench. Like it's a solid rotation. Um, and I guess before we jump to Virginia tech, we'll preview them a little bit. Just another shout out to young, you know, plays 15 minutes, but just tough as nails again, uh, only takes a couple, a few shots, but has six rebounds, three assists, and the two blocks, like he effectively oh, yeah. ended L. Ellis' life <laughs> at that last one. That was, mm, that
0: was grown. <laughs> he doesn't get off the floor at all. It's amazing. It's all timing. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's completely different than, uh, Lively's blocks. Um, yeah, Speaking of blocks, though, I did want to shout out a uh, Lively's in the second half there that resulted in that jump ball. That was beautiful.
1: Oh yeah, that was that was big time. Um, yeah, that was. Huge. That's actually
0: the kind of play that he would have gotten a foul called on him earlier in the year because his arms have to come down, right? That's how he's able right. to grab the ball. But no. the, w- for whatever reason, the way he did it, you know, he was able to avoid contact, and the fact that it, the possession area was going back to us is just kind of the sweetener on that. Yeah. And we haven't we've talked about that, but
1: I don't know if we've given either the staff and Derek like enough credit in terms of this guy's foul rate was like eight per forty for yeah. a little while there. And now, you know, he plays twenty five minutes, he has two fouls. And that's kind of been pretty consistent. He's been in that two to three foul range. Um, so shouts to him, shouts to John and the staff. I know him and Emil have been working a lot. Also, he goes four for six from the free throw line. Like You know, he's being really valuable. Um, Rebounding wasn't really there, but there just wasn't. I mean, we only have 31 rebounds as a team. Um, We still out-rebounded them by about, what, 9 or 10 or so, 9. Yeah. Um, So, you know, across the board, we took care of business. We said this was kind of one of those games. It's lose-lose. They kind of came out and kind of smacked us we've adjusted and really just kind of cre- it never really got threatening um within that now they hung around but it never got to a point where i was concerned i guess um i don't know about is that kind of tracking for you or were you kind of still a little end out there second like ah.
0: no you know i mean they did cut it to 10 but you know 10 points is not at a point where you feel threatened especially from like a team like them and just because of the way the game had played out too Like it would have been a little bit different if they hadn't been up early and then we hadn't taken the lead. But since we did, it's like, okay, we're not giving that back.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's kind of exactly what it was like for me. Um, And we just kind of
0: answered every time. And so, you know. And then we end up uh, winning by 17, which is a little bit short of covering, but it's a respectable result. I mean, we kind of previewed that, that it might be a little tough uh, going in just because of that short turnaround coming off that big road game.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, that makes three in a row now after dropping the yep. the two, um, kind of gotten back on track again, you know, we get, we get a, a nice little rest period here. So we played Monday, we get Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we stay at home. Virginia Tech comes into town. Um, revenge game, you know, it's, we haven't, I don't know if we need to talk about them too much in depth because we just kind of played them up there. If you remember, that was the throat punch, no call. Kyle has just had some awful luck in the state of Virginia. Um, you know, I think Ken Palm has us, what, as a seven-point favorite right now is what it's mm-hmm. looking like. Um, so, you know, it'd be nice to get some revenge. It'd really be nice to to stay on track at home. Um, Virginia Tech's been weird. I thought they were going to be much better than they are. They went on that crazy, like, losing streak where they lost, like, seven in a row. And then they've been a 500 team since then. It's like they win one, lose one, win one, lose one um so if you if that continues to trend i guess they'll win saturday but hopefully not uh wh- what are you looking for in that game or what do you kind of, are you you trending with the Kenpom prediction you think this is going to go the other way
0: no i think we'll take this one i'm always picking us in a home game especially a rematch game and they're really not that good you know they're what 72nd or 73rd on ken Palm. Mm-hmm. um we should have won the first game and I think if we were to play that game today, we would win it. It's yep. just, you know, we still had injured players. We were still kind of finding ourselves. So I think at home, it should be fine. I might've said this preview in the first game and it ended up looking stupid or something, but I kind of trust Shire's defensive schemes a little bit more than I would have Kay's against this kind of spread offense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and and I, I pretty much agree with you just where we were at a month ago or a month and a half ago compared to where we are now, uh, playing at home undefeated at home. Again, you don't want to weigh the jinx there, but I think by this point it's the, the evidence is there, you know, there's again, you know, you don't want Basili to kill you. You got to watch out for Couture, but they really don't play very deep. You know, they really kind of run four, at least three of their guys kind of play like really heavy minutes. Really that starting five plays a ton. Um, So, you know, maybe you get a little bit of the wind knocked out of them with it being a revenge game. We have a ton of time to prepare. You got to feel pretty good about it. You know, if, if I was predicting, I'd probably just pick us to cover that, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd probably pick us to cover that. So
0: um, didn't they, didn't they shoot really well in the first game? I want to say they did, or at least in the first half or something. But Yeah,
1: well, they started out where that dude, um, what's his name, hit like his first five, Couture hit like his first five threes, yeah. right? It was right. like five for five for three, and then he didn't, he didn't make another one. But by the time it was oh, like they almost scored well, almost 50 or something in the first half, I want to say. It was crazy, it felt like, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I think they scored 46, 45, yeah.
0: And then we played a better second half like a good defensive second half and we might have even had the lead at some point
1: yeah we definitely beat them in the second half but i don't right. know if it was enough to yeah mm-hmm. um you know and obviously the, the little third punch thing there was another controversial call so hopefully we can avoid some of that yeah
0: but, i think we might get that call on cameron
1: yeah at some point flip is due <laughs> to get some so right um but Yeah. I guess that's really enough about Virginia Tech. Um, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of seeding and stuff. You want to jump into that or you got something else about? No, I was
0: just going to say, if we do manage to go undefeated, um, it'd be the first time since 2014. So that'd be kind of cool. You know, nine years, be a little bit of an achievement because it used to happen all the time, you know, 2010, 2011, 2013, 2014. You know, I'm sure if I go back into the early 2000s, it happened all the time then, too. Oh, yeah. Late 90s, maybe even, too. But but Cameron yeah. kind of hasn't been the threat. So, it's nice to see it hopefully maybe getting back to that.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's been, a, you know, obviously, I was at the Carolina game and the environment. There's always kind yep. of, but it was just next Insane, level for yeah. a team that's not ranked, right? So, it's not like it's a one versus two. It's two unranked teams. to still Duke Carolina. Yeah. Um, and even at the Delaware game and some of the other ones the crowd was just good and mm-hmm. so it maybe it's just that post-pandemic energy we're starting to kind of you know get more comfortable with things get get the world back maybe I don't know um but it's really nice to see them show up for John and the and the new guys here so uh yeah that'd be that'd be big time that'd be big time. I really hope we can do it obviously we hope we can do it but um would be nice to get that because we got VT and then state right so we got two more yep. to get and get it done.
0: And obviously the state game would be a uh, big for us, you know, as another revenge game, but also just in the ACC standings, because yeah. we're essentially, you we're tied with them right now. We're both at 11 and six, but of course they have the tiebreaker because they destroyed us in Raleigh. So if we were able to beat Virginia Tech and beat state, we could move ahead of, we could even potentially move ahead of Clemson too. Um, yeah. And so that would put us fourth in the ACC. I think that's like a realistic goal. And then entering the ACC tournament, that kind of puts you in a pretty good position. Yeah. Like, I don't know how all the brackets, you may have looked at more than I have, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now you're ideally, I mean, Miami, Virginia, and Pittsburgh are pretty kind of locked in at those top three. Um, You got Clemson sitting there, State sitting there. The interesting thing is that State plays Clemson and Raleigh. Three days before they come to durham so you're kind of hoping that state can f- pick off clemson for us and then we can turn around and beat state and then things get really interesting after that um but yeah state only has three games left they got wake clemson both at home and then they come to come to cameron so it's gonna be it's gonna get tight but i'd really like to get to that if we could steal that fourth spot from clemson and have that double by that would be really nice uh you know if if not then we kind of get stuck down in that in that five range six range because it's just a mess down in there but um you know i'd have to say overall but if we kind of pan out at the large view this has been a really successful season so far i mean we just won our 20th game um we're in contention to finish top five in our league which has gotten kind of a lot of flack but shout outs to jeff capel too as he's kind of been really one spearheading this of it's not a bad league, folks. I mean, it's a really strong league. I think with Clemson coming out of nowhere, State being consistently pretty good, um, you know, Pittsburgh being excellent, it's really created a, a lot of parity in the league. Um, and that's with the number one preseason number one being mediocre and average at yeah. best at eight and eight. So, you know, I mean, Boston College is eight and 10 in the mm-hmm. conference. They just beat Virginia by like 15 or whatever. Yeah, they it was destroyed so, them. You know, it's a now the the bottom is bad, right? Georgia Tech, yep. Notre Dame, Louisville, um, Florida State, like they're they're pretty bad. But the top half, I mean, we should get seven, eight teams in, right?
0: Yeah, I think what makes people think it's bad is that some of the traditional powerhouses are down at the bottom there. Well, you know, maybe not powerhouses, but good teams, put it that way. Uh, Florida right. State and Notre Dame, Louisville, yeah. they all used to be like really respectable. Um, you know, even Virginia Tech has had some really good years. And obviously just won the ACC tournament last year. And so just seeing all those teams kind of down at the bottom makes it feel like the league is worse than it is. But you've got these kind of newcomers rising in Pitt who hasn't done much in years and State who hasn't done much in years.
1: And it's just been a really good like atmosphere for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the home records: Miami's fifteen and zero, Virginia's thirteen and one, Pitt's thirteen and three, Clemson's fourteen and one, State's fourteen and one, we're fourteen and zero, Wake's twelve and two. I mean, and on and on. Like, it's just really tough to win the, on the road. Like, so it's not just us. No one's really winning on the road in this conference. So,
0: yeah, only um, the top three teams have a uh, winning records on the road. That's really the difference. Everybody yeah. else has a losing record.
1: Yeah, that's that's been pretty much it. So. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be, t- it's going to be a great ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. I know that it's going to be a really good one, but, um, buckle up folks, you know, where it's, it's still wild to me that we're almost done with this season, but you know, we're right there. Um, I guess, do you want to spend a little bit of time talking about NCAA's kind of seating, just kind of a, an early look at that. I know we're, we're right there on that fringe of 29th in the net. Do you think that's gonna, the hard part for me is we don't really know what all they use. So if yep. I'm saying 29th in the net, that would be what, like a six seed?
0: Yeah, well, and that seems pretty close to what they do because I did see uh, one of the Lenardis or, you know, one of the other major bracketologists and air quotes here. Um, but one of them had us at a six seed uh, as of like yesterday. So, you know, that kind of tracks with the net. But I did think that there were some other stuff going on with like Ken Pom and Sagarin and stuff that they bring in there too. So that could, you know, that could hurt us a little bit because we're only, uh, I think, 36 on Ken Palm right now. Yeah. So it's like, we have a potential to get up to like 20th in the net, but if we're still kind of like 36 on Ken Palm, maybe that drags us down in relation to our net. Because if you're 20th in the net, that's like, uh, you know, chances at a four seed, but the very worst, like upper five. Right. Right. Um.
1: And to me, that that kind of tracks, too. And I would say probably at this point, the three seed would be the absolute ceiling, and that's like not losing. Winning out, again. right? Right, yeah, that's not losing. Um, it doesn't seem like we could really work to a two seed just because some of those teams up at the top have just kind of solidified. I mean, Houston, Alabama, UCLA, even we- Purdue, Kansas, Like, yeah, there's just so many teams with, you know, four we don't
0: five. don't have enough chances for uh, quad one wins left. You right. know what we have? We could uh, potentially, I guess, play Virginia and Miami if it panned out right in the ACC tournament, and those would both be quad one, I guess. Um, yeah, because they'd be yeah. on neutrals, so they would, I guess. Um, but you know, how much does like a Saturday or a Sunday ACC tournament game really factor into their equation? Because at that point, they've already made the whole bracket.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much
0: you want to avoid losing first
1: round. and then you know like you'd really like to win two but you don't want to lose the first one and then you're kind of okay yeah you know you're just going to be where you've been projected to be um but yeah you know so three would be kind of absolute I think kind of war if we're going kind of worst case like we drop one of these home games we lose to Carolina um we drop a game in the ACC tournament I guess we could fall probably down to the nine seed maybe but that seems to me kind of about You know, nine being the four, three being the ceiling, hoping maybe for a four or five, I guess. You know, I don't know. You could argue that maybe the six is even better than that, but that's semantics, I guess. But
0: Yeah, I don't think that there's much difference between playing an 11 seed in the first round versus a 12. I know people always talk about the 5-12 upsets, but how much is there really to that? But, you know, obviously I think, I do think getting up to a four is advantageous because I do think the 13 seeds are significantly worse than the 12 and the 11s. Yeah. You see a lot fewer 13s upsetting fours. Yeah. So, you know, that would, you know, and obviously it all depends on the matchup because there's certainly teams that are 13s that are capable of beating us. Right. And the just location too. Yep. Sometimes you'd rather play
1: the 11 in Greensboro or, you know, New York than you or Philadelphia than you would to play the 13 in St. Louis or whatever for, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, a lot of factors going in, but I think, you know, we'll continue to kind of track that. We're at the point in the season where kind of every week it's worth just kind of checking in on looking at, um, cause it's almost over, but. I guess with that being said, we'll probably come back and record after this Virginia Tech game. Um, You know, John's still kind of been in travel. I think he got home this evening or so, so giving him a little bit of time, we're still going to do the TDD at 25. Uh, Hopefully got an interesting guest also coming on next week. So some things to kind of be on the look for. Um, She will be back with us again. So, you know, for all that y'all are missing him, don't worry, he's eating. You know, I think he's out on a potato farm or something is what he said. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's 1886 for sure tonight, but um, <laughs> all right, well, you know, the deal, you can find us at the devilsden.com, email us at the pot at gmail.com, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff and um, keep the faces strong in the verb high. Go